0: Killer physiology. I am Haley.
1: And I'm Wes. Join us this week as we dive into the killer physiology of the human body. Hey, what's up, everyone?
0: Hi, we're back. We took a week off because our schedules were a little conflicting, but we're here again.
1: Yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting idea to start a podcast in the middle of the summer, you know? Yeah, you know, the worst. The busiest.
0: Yeah, seriously. We've been driving and traveling and vacationing. So, wasn't the best idea but we're back
1: yeah how are you doing today Haley
0: I'm fine I if I have a problem with me talking today it's because my left eye won't stop twitching (laughs) (laughs) yesterday I was really stressed at work so I have now this chronic eye twitch in my left eye so that's that's great that's great.
1: That's, that's a lot of fun. I don't typically have anything <laughs> like that unless I drink like too much coffee, which I, I did. Ne- I did in grad school. I drank like four cold brews a day and That's great. my eye twitched a lot.
0: <laughs> which eye, your right or left?
1: <laughs> I think my left. I okay. think.
0: <laughs> Maybe it's always the left eye. Maybe. Oh my god. Um so also today if you hear me clapping around, I'm killing um an abundance of fruit flies. They have infested my home and I don't know what to do about it. I've like done all the home remedies where you like add honey to like water or something mm-hmm. and nothing has worked. And my mom got me these like plug-in, like the first thing that came to mind was radioactive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they send out like these ultrasound, like I don't... it's probably not even an ultrasound. I clearly have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> they send out these, we'll say sonic waves and they're supposed to kill them and they're not. So you hear me clapping it's because i have a fruit fly in front of my face as well so this might be a struggle episode but
1: we're here yeah. i don't know i feel like i saw one time these they made these weird things that like they were like salt guns that you like yeah. shot at flies or whatever yeah. you know <laughs> just like taking down fruit flies at least i don't have house. that that would be very yeah. loud and obnoxious really throughout the entire episode. um yeah <laughs> it would be a little bit but you know um okay so as we kind of get started today, you know, it, you know, we're still getting into the groove of things with this podcast, and it's definitely been a learning experience for both of us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I I know that going back and listening to myself talk, I really like am aware of all of the kind of like verbal fillers that I use, like you know and like and <laughs> all that stuff. Me so, too.
0: With my ums.
1: Yeah it's it's hard you know but <laughs> big, we're I'm aware that like I need to work on those so I'm definitely gonna be aiming to improve yeah. in the future
0: me as well <clears throat> I feel like you do so well in school like your pressure to do um all these like sp- like public speaking in front of all your classmates and stuff and that's like the biggest hurdle that you have and then by the time you're a senior you're like you're killing it you're like it doesn't phase you anymore like you still get a little nervous but I mean you're killing it now I'm at the point where I'm starting something completely new again I feel like I'm a freshman in front of a public speaking class again so I'm using my fillers more than I should so we're 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 working on that
1: yeah well it's kind of like you and I talked before starting this it's like we have like tons of conversations at work like day to day but mm-hmm. it's like oh you put the microphone in front of us Literally. and it's like you know it, it just like makes altering. you a little bit more a conscious uh conscious of yeah of how you're speaking yeah <clears throat> all right so jumping into today we're going to be talking about some of the misconceptions of exercise physiologists that we both have heard throughout our career so far uh just more so just to kind of normalize some of those things, help educate a little bit for those that aren't exercise physiologists. Mm-hmm. Um not really to hate on anything anybody said or anything, but just to just kind of educate a little bit. Kind of um, unblur
0: the lines.
1: Exactly. Because it it with exercise, I feel like as a field in general, it's it's very broad. A lot of people uh think of exercise and they think of like the gym and they just Mm -hmm. don't don't know a whole lot. So we want to go over some of that those details today. Yeah. But first off, I really would like to just say that despite any challenges that I've like faced with like having to educate people or you know things people have said, I really enjoy the job that I have or you know the career that I've chosen. You get some really cool opportunities. get to help a lot of people Mm -hmm. and you learn some really cool stuff along the way you know learn how how the body works how it functions with exercise you can really develop critical thinking skills um you know i know that i don't know why but in my last job like one of the questions that i got asked not in my interview but it was within like my first couple weeks they're asking me like if a person received a stent in blah, blah 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 artery of the heart like what part of the heart was affected oh, yeah you know and it's you should be able to think that through like okay if this is what that means that you know blah blah, blah. But like, circle. exactly like yeah it's really, cool it's pretty interesting once you get that knowledge built up so obviously critical thinking exists in any career you choose uh but i i know for me the way my brain works i think this is definitely the best fit
0: yeah. I would say overall in a good day, I don't have regrets either. When I sit back and think about it, I don't think I would be doing anything else. Like if mm-hmm. I really start and think about it, um, I haven't really started leaning towards any other field. Like, Oh, I wish I did this or oh, I wish I did this. I'm pretty content right now. Um, so I guess I did choose the correct field. Obviously like any other job on the planet, there are definitely hard days. We all experience it, right? Like no job is perfect. Yeah. And, um, I felt a regret sometimes throughout my career process, but I, that might be true for a lot of people as well, not just for the physiologist position, but yeah. I felt like this after I graduated and I applied for like my first job ever. It took about, okay. I swear to you guys, like 30, 40 applications before I was offered a position. That's
1: just, yeah. That's just crazy.
0: It's hard. I don't, and it I'm is. not sure it might've been the time too. it's near COVID and yeah. All those other hardships but that as soon as that started happening I was like dang, I regret this. I also felt regret um, when I f- saw like my first paycheck as a new grad. <laughs> that was not yeah especially after we, we just worked our butts off, got our master's degree and my paycheck I didn't feel necessarily reflected that. so that that was hard as well. Yeah. or the occasional, I would say, quote unquote, side eye from other professionals who sometimes question our skills, knowledge, and clinical choices. Um, also, because that falls under the misconceptions of who we are and what we can do and what we know.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. I applied to a similar amount of jobs. <clears throat> For me, I, I graduated a little bit before you. So mm-hmm. I graduated like peak of COVID, peak of like COVID. it was like May Terrible. 2020. Yeah. Oh, and so good, a lot of like, rehabs which is a typical starting point were closed or very yeah. like limited hours so then obviously weren't hiring more staff so it took like about 8 to 9 months for me to find my my first job uh, which which is it's just a tough thing getting out into it and i remember thinking like is this the career for me exactly. you know is like is it like you start questioning yourself a little bit and mm-hmm. now looking back you can kind of see okay it was For other reasons, but you definitely start to question yourself. Uh, Like definitely. And when I was in, I went to grad school at, at Frostburg and I worked as a residence hall director. And so you're working in a totally different field. And I remember during this time period of applying for jobs as an exercise physiologist, I like started applying for residence life jobs. I was like, you know what? I just need a job. Like I was like, I, you know, really was just starting to question myself Mm. and I'm happy to be where I'm at now. Like I just took time, but I don't think it's, I do think some of it was impacted by COVID, but I also think there's just a really high volume of people. I know that when I was really trying to pursue strength and conditioning and was applying for internships for that, I applied probably to like 40 to 50 internships after I graduated my undergrad and like got a response from like four to five, you know, whether it was, you know, you can't do it. You know, we are not looking for anybody or, you know, let's do like phone interview, whatever it may look like. So I don't know. I think when you go through that initial like application period, um, It can be like you can get a little bit disillusioned with like the field of exercise a little bit.
0: Yeah, especially like I feel that was hard as a new grad trying to get your first job. You're also going against competing like physiologists who have years of experience. So you have to land that sweet spot to finally like move up in your career. I know it's probably like that for a lot of other fields as well. But I was always that's just hard. You're competing against so many other people who may have a lot more experience than you. So,
1: yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's another big thing. I don't know. I think that ties into a little bit of, you know, in some of our previous episodes, we've talked a little bit about making sure if you can get like the certification, yeah. things like that, like do things that are going to help give, get you a leg up when you're applying for jobs, for sure. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I know, like, you just mentioned a couple minutes ago about like, you know, you don't really see haven't really thought about other options, you know, so far for like your career. I I know for me, like, I, I know I would like to stay in the field of exercise physiology. I think I still debate like long-term career goals. I don't know. Oh, I, same. I, I really struggle with like, where do I want to end up like forever? Same. Um, I don't know. I do like the idea of, I taught like an under, uh, undergrad exercise science class or strength training class. And I did really enjoy that, but that's also is like a little taste of it. So I don't know. We'll see what the future holds. <clears throat> Um, but kind of transitioning towards some of the big misconceptions that we've heard a lot. I know a lot of the times I would hear from people, oh, so you're a personal trainer, must be pretty easy to do this. Well, you only know like the exercise portion of things, the I like to work out, so I'll just choose this field mentality from people. Mm-hmm. And then also just this is just a misconception, not thing, not a thing that people have said, but not always being viewed as like a valuable position in the medical field. And so we want to kind of go through and talk through some of those, but what are some that you've heard Haley? Like, I know those are big ones that we've talked about, but is there any others that you've heard?
0: Yeah. So a big one is quote unquote. So you're a nurse. And then it's like, can you look at this bruise for me? Can you look at this wound for me? Can you dress this wound? And it's like, no, I can't. I mean, I'll give you a band-aid, but I can't necessarily (laughs) give you exactly what you're looking for. No, I'm not a nurse. A lot of the time we go hand in hand, especially when patients look at us, we're also like working in tandem with these people. So it kind of can blend our, it looks like our, our careers are blending together and we're one, but we're still not, we're still not a nurse. A lot of times when I worked in rehab, I was asked to give medical advice mm-hmm. um, or dosage on recommendations for medicine. That happened yeah. a lot. Um, really? Which obviously we can't do. I mean, because so the nurses a lot of time were able to help with that. And um, but we can't again, physiologists can't do this. Um, but like I said before, patients and participants can see us working hand in hand. So those they kind of can get a misconception on who can give what sort of advice. Yeah. When I talk to people too about what I do, a lot of the time people kind of categorize me as a therapist, a PT, an OT, um, cause you kind of bring up the word rehab. So that mm. kind of where their brain automatically goes. And then on the occasion, my favorite, um, people ask me, uh, can you tape my ankles before <laughs> this game? Um, legally probably no, I can't. Could you <laughs> ask your athletic trainer to do that? But yeah. hell yeah, I can. I used to tape my own ankles for years <laughs> when I played soccer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say those are the biggest misconceptions that I hear.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I, <clears throat> I think a big challenge like with like the field of exercise physiology, the field of exercise science is like that base like degree of exercise science can go in so many different directions, and oh, people yeah. hear so many different things. So it's just really hard, I think, to for everybody to be like, Oh, okay. So this is where you went with this career, but it's, you know, I know so many different people went so many different directions in my initial class and undergrad for sure.
0: Yeah. i agree. It's hard to understand what we do on a daily basis. Um, also, because of what our qualifications allow us to do, they mm-hmm. tend to be very specific on what we can versus what we can't do. And this yeah. also changes a lot, depending on who's in the room with you. If you have a clinician with you in the room, running a stress test, your obligations and skills are going to be a little different. Or if you're the sole EP in the room and your clinician is down the hallway, your role is going to look a little different. So yeah. bottom line, it can get a little mucky, confusing at times, especially when you tell people you're a physiologist, um, things can get lost, especially for us. I mean. Every time we transition into either a new profession or career, a new job, our qualifications change, our skills, what we're expected to do change within that own job. So how do we expect to explain what we do to other people? Um, It's hard. It definitely can create a lot of misconceptions about us as professionals. So that's why we're here to talk about it today.
1: Yeah no definitely it it's kind of funny that you put it that way um because that's something i've thought about recently is mm-hmm. you know like say like our job role in like a cardiac rehab and some of the different things that you can do with that versus like in the job we're at now
0: yeah definitely <clears throat> like you're
1: in my opinion um your your hands aren't tied more than in like the new job that we're in but they're are much stricter rules that you have to follow and certain procedures that you have to follow. Whereas I felt like in cardiac rehab, there was certain steps you really needed to take. And then you would, you would, um, you would pass it along to doctors or whatever, as you needed to. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just, I like, that's just one thing I've been thinking about lately is just, it's like, I think you made a really good point is that, depending on the job you take or the place you're working policies and things like that can really mm-hmm. affect what you're able to do. Yeah. So it's just, it's kind of like, you know, you have to be a little bit flexible, but it's, it's definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. But yeah, I think it's really, it's just hard to get people to understand. Like if you're talking to somebody that has no clue about the, about the job at all, like unless you're like listing every job duty that you could possibly yeah. do and which would come off super weird to people, they're not, it's really hard to get them to understand what you're doing. And kind of like I said, there's so many different directions you can take, like that undergrad degree, um, not just our direction.
0: So with that being said, what type of careers have people chosen from your undergraduate program?
1: Yeah, so I know like my undergrad class was a pretty large program, um, but some of the people that I know a lot of people went towards like strength and conditioning and athletic training. Um athletic training was really popular at my school yeah, and That was big too. Yeah, I feel like I don't know, I, I I feel like any school that has exercise science, it's like huge, I don't know. Um I think it needs
0: to be so huge because it, it is literal it's a literal stepping stone for so many people because it's not like for example, an engineer. You're yeah. going to be an engineer at the end of the day. If you yeah. go into exercise science in your undergrad, every almost every single person is going to choose to do something different like that's just how
1: that works so yeah that's fair um i know a lot of people went towards like the physical therapy route so it went moved on to pt school Mm -hmm. Uh, a few people i know became like exercise physiologists but really stayed in like stress testing only um some people move towards like private training private fitness Um, a couple of people I know went towards like tactical strength conditioning, which is usually more working with like law enforcement or like the military, things like that, which is pretty interesting. Um, and then also staying with like sports trying to, you know, they were like either college athletes and tried to pursue that a little bit longer. And then some people just totally changed and went towards business and like actually just (laughs) teaching. Um, what about you?
0: I know a lot of people. Well, that's basically the same. And then a lot of people go to nursing school. That's, that's another stepping stone. That's true. Yeah, You need a lot of qualifications to get into nursing school. And, um, your undergrad is a good way to like, kind of get into that. If you don't necessarily have the grades that you need it, if you need to get in, et cetera.
1: Yeah. All right. So getting into some of those misconceptions that we talked about earlier, I want to lead off with, so how do we differ from personal trainers? So first off, I just want to say this is a very respectable field for people if they choose to pursue it. Mm-hmm. I know some people that have done it and really love it. They love that um, that day to day interaction with people and just really, I don't know. That's just their niche and they love it. Yeah. Uh, but I know some big differences between like us and them, or exercise physiologists and personal trainers, is this field's mainly focused training in the gym setting. You do have to market yourself sometimes to potential clients. So sometimes it's, you know, you're trying to sell them on yourself with your training mm-hmm. in the gym, what you can do for them. And sometimes depending on the place you're working, you, some of your pay can be paid based off of the number of clients. So kind of like that commission based pay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because I know some people even like <laughs> had a bit of a salary, but it was, you know, a, a lower salary. And yeah. Because then, then you, you get can make your... more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest differences is obviously there's personal trainers out there that have tons of, um, education and certifications, but the entry point to me for personal trainers is just very different. Um, you know, generally speaking as exercise physiologists, you have to have a master's degree and Mm -hmm. that certification is preferred depending on the place you work as a personal trainer. You can be hired without like a higher education degree or kind of any some places I've heard of accepting kind of any exercise-based certification. So I think there's just a different levels of, requ- of requirements, I think, depending, obviously, the place you're going. But yeah. it, to me, it's a, a little bit easier of a starting point for somebody that's um, like saying, hey, I want to work in the field of exercise, but I don't have a ton of experience or education. Sometimes people can hop into it. And then others people make it a career, which is great for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would say I don't know much about it hands on because I've never went this route but I frequently job browse. That's like my favorite pastime. Yeah. No, <laughs> I do enjoy it though. Cause I like yeah. to see what physiologists can do and how, how we're marketing ourselves and how we're getting into really cool positions. But yeah. with frequent job browsing, I've noticed that personal trainers require less knowledge and focused on diseased populations basically. Yeah. And that's where we thrive. Um,
1: that's fair.
0: I also noticed that certification requirements are different as well. So kind of the same thing, but We definitely thrive on unhealthy, healthy, diseased, populated people um, in their exercise programs.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I I know tons of people that have, well, not tons, but I know plenty of people that (laughs) yeah, tons. I know plenty of people that are like, do this as their job and are happy with it. One of the strength and conditioning coaches I used to work with, that's his main job is working as a personal trainer. And I know, like, he loves it. So that's good. That's great. And actually, and I know another one, and it's, you know, they really enjoy that. And I think there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's a great fit for certain people. Oh, yeah. I know for, I know for me, I've never been one to be like, I want to sell you on fitness oh, or sell hell you on no. myself. No, me either. I, I just don't. Yeah, like <laughs> not into that. Like there's people are great at that. And I'm good. I'm good with motivating people like once you're in there and help put help push you along. But convincing but,
0: you at the start.
1: Yeah, I don't yeah. that's just never been my thing. So Agreed. More power to personal trainers. Like it does take you have to be. You have to be a good salesman, I feel like, with Definitely. certain things, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So kind of a, the same thing a little bit is is along those lines is, you know, are we like strength conditioning coaches? That's one I've heard a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. No, but you use <laughs> very similar skills in both fields. Um, strength conditioning coaches, I commend them. You work insane hours, um, yeah. especially depending on the setting you're in. Seriously. <clears throat> um, yeah, like... I know as an intern, like you know, you'd have to be in like five o'clock in the morning and you could have teams oh, yeah. like as late as like eight, you know, yeah. in the evening. So crazy hours. It's a really awesome field. But to me, the big distinction here is these individuals typically have their master's degree, have a certification, uh, but it's ma- more focused on sports performance, not as much those clinical populations like Haley mentioned earlier.
0: Yeah. um, <clears throat> And then. I was just going to stress again, the clinical populations and special populations. They're not necessarily dealing with a lot of the times they're dealing with just healthy athletes that are coming in there ready to run at 5. AM in the morning <laughs> or train at yeah. 10 PM at night. So, yeah,
1: it's, it's a different, different field for sure. Um, One I love to love to hate basically is the uh, <laughs> must be pretty easy to do this job. So I will say, I think we're really lucky. Anybody that works in the field of exercise science in any facet, you're, it's, you're really lucky because it can be a lot of fun. You can have times where it's a very relaxed profession, but I think what hinders us a little bit is I think that people often see like fitness influencers on social media or just in the world in general, Mm -hmm. or like big names in like, you know, fitness, like, yeah. you know bodybuilders whatever and you know I, th- I think they see all this and they're like oh it's just fun and they go in and they do this and you know they just make it willy-nilly yeah exactly and i just think a lot of the time what gets broadcasted mainstream is a lot flashier and more attractive side of what of the field than what it is you know I think sometimes there's a do this for insane results kind of mentality with workouts. Yeah. Also, it's like, oh, you're just like chilling in the gym all day. Like you're just kind of throwing together a workout based off of, you know, your experience in the gym. There's a lot of things that go into our job, which we've already talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. But I just I think sometimes I think social media is a great tool because it can really you know, broadcast a lot of information. But I think it broadcasts some less helpful information as well.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm probably going to be the bad guy for saying all of this, but influencers sometimes I would say really mess up with, pe- really mess with people on different, like fitness trends, fraudulent fitness trends, or just speak out on fitness things that are just like straight up inaccurate. Um And they're using their big platform, not necessarily to to do this on purpose, but they're doing, I I feel like most of the time it's happening um, by accident. They're not realizing that they're producing something and it may not work for everyone. I've seen plenty of them take a single idea that works for them personally and then Mm -hmm. project it onto the internet and try to convince people to do inaccurate or dangerous things.
1: Yeah, Um. I love that, and it's the best.
0: Yeah, and it's easy to—it's easy, bottom line, to try and influence people, mm-hmm. um, especially if you have a platform on certain things that worked for you for exercise. But bottom line, everyone is different from their metabolism function, their mobility, their disease state, if they have one, the different progression, that level that they can take. And it's important for people to be educated prior to giving advice to others, especially when they have a big platform. That's that's what I have to say about all of this. I kind of get on my rant when it gets to this. Yeah. Sometimes really bothers me, <laughs> but it is what it is.
1: Yeah. No, it's frustrating though, because- you know, it's very easy to see a lot of misinformation. Or even if, like, you know, I you go to the gym and you're just like, I don't know. I'm always like a people watcher, like kind of like observing conversations, especially not, when like, I can't not, breathe. Like, I'm trying to get my heart rate yeah. back down. Just yeah, no, trying I to survive. Exactly. Like I don't <laughs> eavesdrop on people, but like if I'm watching a guy, like and like instruct you know a bunch of people it's like i'm gonna be kind of paying attention because i'm just curious well you we're know? so
0: we're so that's how we're trained i mean we're yeah. trained to just fix form and help people and progress people on a daily basis that's yeah. all we do so when you're in the gym setting and you see it you're like oh my god like it's yeah. kicking it and like oh my god what am i gonna do
1: yeah exactly um but also kind of tying into the whole this must be easy thing you know there's a lot of education that goes into this field regardless of the direction you're taking, but you know, you take anatomy anatomy and physiology, you have biomechanics, exercise physiology, slash, you know, clinical exercise physiology, exercise programming, cardiorespiratory fitness, you know, <laughs> I think I, you know, we, we just were talking about this, but I think a lot of people get tied up into the idea of like a quick fix with exercise or that, um, you know, if you do this one thing, you're going to get an amazing, great shape. So then people see that and they're like, oh, like, this is what you do for your job. Um, and I think like people don't like to hear this, but a lot of it is like, if you stick to the basis, basics of like oh, yeah. exercising and oh, yeah. programming and things like you're going to see benefits, like it's not, it's not going to be as quick as there's like, no, it's portrayed, there's no magical anything. Exactly. You no, just got to yeah.
0: work hard. You got to do, you got to do, you got to put in the work to get it. There's exactly. no, there's no quick fix anywhere. Yeah. So going back just to the misconception of our pro- profession being easy. All I have to say, really, it's not exercise. It's not easy to exercise very unhealthy populations, especially people who are high-risk patients, um, like cardiac arrest survivors or people who just went through open heart surgery, I would say our in our profession. It's a constant battle of education, progression, and safety monitoring. Yeah. And bottom line, it's also not easy to exercise individuals who are never given education on how to exercise some people it's surprising because we are so into exercise. We implement it in our daily lives. We help people with it every day at work. It's just like an automatic thing. Like you got to exercise. We exercise. That's how we're programmed. Yep. Some people have never exercised a single day in their life and that that's okay because sometimes they haven't been educated and they just need help. So starting somebody, exercising for the first time ever is a huge challenge just not even knowing the basics to it same thing with eating healthy or even like controlling their diseases like diabetes
1: yeah i can't tell you the number of times where it's like somebody comes in to either cardiac rehab or like the job I have now. And they're like, you know, I've never really worked out before in my life, yeah. you know, so I really don't know what to expect.
0: And like teaching somebody like the basics, basics, yeah. like going down to like literal square one when typically you're starting at, let's say, square 10 with people. So it's it that that's a challenge for sure.
1: It is like I know one person <laughs> like I was trying to get. And rpe from them which is like you're rating a perceived exertion you Mm -hmm. know and like they had never like really physically exerted themselves that much before and so they like had no gauge yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: god it was like you know like one at home you're in bed 10 the hardest you've ever worked and they were like i don't know how to rate this yeah You you know and it's it like it's just some people just have no reference and you know That's where you come in as a professional trying to guide them through it. But it's it's definitely interesting, interesting um, profession for sure. So another kind of misconception that I want to touch base on is, well, you only know the exercise portion of things. So as we talked about with some of the different options, like career options out there for you, that's not necessarily a a unfair statement that may be what you chose to specialize in but if typically speaking if you're an exercise physiologist you are going to know a lot of that clinical information as well yeah. um you know we take a lot of classes that you're expected um expected to have to be able to pass a certification and be able to work in the field you know, your ecg ekg classes chemistry medications you know they mainly our knowledge of those it mainly focuses on the heart, lungs and like the endocrine system. Mm-hmm. And then also like your clinical exercise phys classes. So are there any classes that I'm missing Haley?
0: I would say anatomy. That was big. You need to know basics of bones, where they are, your muscles, where they insert all those types of things. And statistics mm-hmm. were pretty big as well, especially in our master's program. I yeah. think a lot of our professors try to prepare us for research careers and realms. So Mm -hmm. statistics got big. That was not fun. That was (laughs) hard.
1: yeah, (laughs) basically
0: once we graduated, we were, we had high expectations to know what physiology is, how our body moves and how our body's just going to respond to everything in homeostasis at rest, all the way up to very intense, vigorous exercise.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I think I don't know. I think I really enjoy the amount of education that we get. Like when, if you choose exercise physiology, like I, I don't get me wrong, like my undergrad degree, it served me well. Um, Mm -hmm. and it gave me like a good basis, but I know like once I went into grad school for exercise physiology, like learning all this different information that we just talked about, like it just was very eye opening. but it was also really cool learning how to, you know, think think things through critically with this new knowledge of exercising, like these disease populations It was, I it know. opens I like really a lot of doors.
0: It. I feel it makes yeah. you feel, I don't know. I I don't know if it's like super like bad of me to say it, but it just feel like super smart from that program. And <laughs> no, I,
1: I agree. I
0: mean, like you learned so much, like it was you incredible. Do. And I have like all my notes like written yeah. in pencil still in my notebook because the material is incredible. And yep. I loved how much I learned and how smart I felt when I was taking those classes and learning everything that I did. So I think if you, I don't know, master's degree in physiology is opens a lot of doors for you and makes you feel like very confident. I would feel I would say in the skills that you kind of, you kind of touched on in undergrad, but now you're confident and you feel like a true professional and you feel like you can really help these, um, diseased populations with confidence and making sure that you're not going to hurt anybody. And that you, you know, what's going on. You understand not just the memorization of it, but the in-depth detail of the physiology, why it's happening.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's, that's the best. I think you put it really well. Like you know well, you you <laughs> well but you know it's you can really think things through like i know yeah, i worked all the as, processes and exactly. stuff exactly yeah like when i worked as like a prn exercise specialist i cardiac rehab with just my bachelor's degree and then after i had my master's degree oh, that's a and then great working in cardiac comparison. rehab it was like very eye opening cuz yeah. i remember like coming out of the internship like i enjoyed it like don't get me wrong but it was i was like oh this is just like really easy I don't and not really thinking through like the 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 disease and how it's affecting people and then after knowing what I know now looking back at that like I was really naive like thinking like oh this is very simple that's a great word for it yeah yeah you just don't know any better you know until you have that further education for sure Mm. Another big thing that I hear a lot from people is like, oh, I really like to work out. So I'm just going to choose this field mentality. You know, it's I don't know. I, I hear that a good bit. And there's
0: I do like to work out. What's the problem with that?
1: Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing nothing wrong with it. I think I think if it's really great if you can choose a career that reflects some of your personal interests. So like of I agree, course. like I love working out and it's it's really awesome to have a career where it like also i can use that knowledge in my personal life oh yeah for um sure. but i think some people choose it because they're like oh i can like skate through this because mm-hmm. i like to work out um you know like i mentioned earlier like i taught like a a class at Frostburg, um which was like foundations of resistance training i think some of those people thought it was going to be super easy and it, to be fair it wasn't a very high level course it but there was a couple of students that really struggled to make it through the whole class. Mm -hmm. And uh, which is very surprising to me because like, I wasn't a jerk. Like I wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to fail you because of blah, blah, blah. Like I gave opportunities and for people to like one, get extra credit, like, and people didn't even do that. And two, like some of your big tests were going in the gym and like talking me through how to do an exercise and what muscles were used. Yeah. And once you, if you study and you pay attention, you can do that. But if you haven't, then you're going to struggle. You can't so, skate your yeah, way through it. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's the big thing is a lot of people think, oh, I can just cruise through this. Yeah. <clears throat> um, And really, the, the next one that I really want to touch base on is... I think it can. I think it's going to continue to change. I just think sometimes we're not always viewed as like the most valued position in the medical field. And obviously when you're like there's doctors, nurses, tons of other professions, you know, I'm not like in no way, shape or form saying like, we're like that level of importance. No, but I think like seeing our value is really what I'm trying to reference. And you know, I think in cardiac rehab, sometimes we're still a new position. So certain programs you Mm -hmm. might go into, they might not have a good understanding of what you can do. Um, I know at one of the ones that I've been at, like our manager was the first exercise physiologist they had ever hired. So like hearing his perspective of when he was hired and how that progressed. And then, um, the next one got hired and how it was when he was hired. And then I was like the I guess like third one kind of getting higher there. And it was very interesting to hear how things like progressed as like, you got more exercise physiologists involved and, um, you know, how that can kind of change. Um, but also like one thing is, is like stress testing. And we talked about this, you Mm -hmm. know, earlier as a position people have taken, have done, um, some, sometimes like I've heard of really high like volume of like observation of tests before you can run them independently as an exercise physiologist Mm -hmm. um you know like throwing out a number that i've i've seen on like a job posting or like heard from some people is like you know they want you to see have seen like 200 tests before you can run a test independently and you know meanwhile obviously different skill set different education um but like you have like pas coming in and then just running tests that have never like done stress done testing a stress before test before, yeah exactly. and <laughs> yeah and so like and we're perfectly capable of running a stress test and yeah. it's great to have a clinician there when possible and, and typically you're supposed to have one at least in the office like available to available, you available yeah yeah um <clears throat> but that's just it it was insane to me when i heard that because
0: sheds a light on how yeah. Yeah. People may or may not trust us as much, even though exactly. it's written from ACSM that we are 100% qualified to do these things. So,
1: exactly, yeah, like 200 tests, like that's kind of an insane number if you, really, if you really think about it. Because that's insane, yeah. Say you're in a hospital, like and you do a couple stress tests a day, like it, it would take a very long time. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> very long time. The, I would say, the, um, I would see this more from a further perspective i haven't necessarily seen it 100% myself of us yeah. not being super valued but i see a lot of times i follow a lot of ep's on linkedin and mm. i see a lot of them post a lot of the hardships that they experience as an ep like hey i got hired as an ep for the first time they need to know i need help writing what my like qualifications and skills are because they yeah. don't know and i need to help them like that's crazy to me
1: it is yeah that is
0: absolutely crazy to me and then just like other hardships of i mean that that, that i see them posting
1: Yeah, it's, you see a lot of, like, definitely different struggles or, and it's, especially if you're looking at, like, countrywide, like, I know, like, I was in a Facebook group for, like, study prep or whatever for the ACSM group, probably, (laughs) and, you know, you see people post, like, oh, I passed my certification, and I have a job, but this is, like, what's going on, or, you know, I got hired here as the only EP, and this is what that looks like, and it, you know, I think... I think we're slowly becoming more widespread I think slowly yeah and also you know it's I think is as the field develops as ACSM continues its trajectory of things I think things will continue to evolve for our Yeah, I know they're trying
0: really hard I I, I follow a lot of things on them as well trying Mm -hmm. to just raise our pay to like yeah, showing our value and our skill set, and writing up things for supervisors to have being like, this is what this person is. And if they pass the certification, this is what they can do. Um, yeah. I know they're really fighting for us as EPs, So it's great to have a huge organization. I would say it's not like sponsoring us, but I feel like they're sponsoring us. Like they're, they're, they're setting us up for success and they want yeah. all their EPs who have passed the ACSM certification, especially to just, grow and get all of just get everything they deserve from all the hard work we did in undergrad to getting our master's degree to passing the certification so i really think it'll grow even more especially as we become more in depth in our career as we grow so i'm I, i look forward to that
1: yeah i agree i don't know i i know that at times like having conversations with like delaware's program director like she's um you know works with acsm for a lot of things and she's always very hopeful of of things progressing in the future and is a very big yeah. advocate of, of of trying to evolve the field so i i'm very hopeful for the future of things and i Me you too. know still love where i'm at I'm still happy with what i what i've chosen <clears throat> um but i'm definitely excited to see how things evolve for sure
0: yeah and hopefully see these misconceptions slowly fade <laughs> yeah, away exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: exactly yeah um, so that's really like the wrap on, like the misconceptions that like we faced as exercise physiologists, nice. you know? Yeah. Like we, this wasn't like uh, meant to be like, oh, let's hate on these different careers that people do It was more of trying to introduce some of those differences between like exercise yep. physiologists and those other careers. Um, like I have huge respect to any field anybody chooses, oh, yeah. um, you know, who I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I'm happy with mine. I'm sure you. Anybody that's in one of the ones we mentioned, they're probably happy with theirs. We yeah. just want to help clear up some of those things because, like, the, I know that for me, the number of times that I had somebody in cardiac rehab, be like, "Oh, so you know, you're a personal trainer," and I'd be like, yeah. "No," or exactly, they'd be like, especially what for you, have you guys, for our this? listeners, yeah, especially yeah. for you
0: guys and our listeners as well. I mean, it's and it's nice to just break that barrier so we kind of understand what we do, where we come from, and why we say the things that we do, basically.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So stay, stu- stay tuned for our next episode. Our next episode is needs analysis, and we are both going to work through a case study together live. Um, <laughs> we'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah, that's going to be interesting.
0: It'll be fun. So stay yeah. tuned for that. This is Killer Physiology. Bye. Bye.